1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I am a coach and a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and the new book, Brave New Girl, which was out a couple of weeks ago. This podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. And this week, I am interviewing someone that I have basically followed for years and years, Madeline Shaw. And it was such an exciting thing for me to speak to her because I remember something like maybe five or six years ago, even having to go on a specific diet where i had to cut out certain foods cuz i was having loads of you know food intolerances and ibs and her website and her recipes were something that really helped me at the time and it was just amazing to find someone that was making healthy eating cool so i love this conversation with madeline we talk about the pressure to always be doing more and madeline talks about this really candidly about how It can sometimes seem as though no matter what we've achieved, no matter how successful we are, we never feel like we've done enough. And we really talk about this phenomena and some ways to start to stop that from holding us back. We talk about the top foods to eat and avoid when you're managing anxiety. And she also shares with us her top tip for a daily practice that gives you more time. Now, how many of us would like more time in the day? I know I would. This is amazing. And we also talk about IBS. Now, it's incredibly common and not that much talked about, but we talk about it and talk about how common it is, and she shares some ways that we can start to manage it. So the reviews have started to come in from Brave New Girl, for those that have read it or listened to it on Audible. I'm just going to share with you a couple of reviews from Amazon so you can learn a bit more. Kay said, reading Brave New Girl, I could relate to everything and felt as though Chloe had access to my brain and had seen all my doubts and issues I have with myself. I love the way she explains and gives you an exercise to do, which really helps you to understand. Donna said, I absolutely loved Chloe's new book and read it in a matter of days. At times, it felt like Chloe was reading my mind. As someone who has suffered from my own confidence and imposter syndrome, there is so much in this book to take out of it and put into practice. My journal is packed with ideas, thoughts, and inspiration. And Emma said, I feel so refreshed after reading Brave New Girl. It was by far one of my favorite self-help books, and I absolutely loved every page of it. So you can check out Brave New Girl, it's on Amazon, it's in all good bookshops, it's on Audible, read by me, and I would love it if you left a review if you have enjoyed the book. So let's get into the episode with Madeline Shaw. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to speak to you. How are you today?
0: I'm really good, thank you. I got back from quite a wild weekend, which is quite unusual for me, but it was one of my best friend's 30th, so... Yeah, had no baby with me, so let loose and had a great time. Amazing, amazing.
1: (laughs) Can you tell us, I'm sure everyone who's listening does know who you are and what you do, but can you, for people that maybe don't, what is it you do and how did you get to where you are today? So
0: I'm a nutritional therapist, yoga teacher, chef, blogger, a few little slashes in there, but um, it all started for me. I moved to Sydney when I was 19 years old. I went there travelling on my gap year after school, kind of fell in love with it. For me, it's still like my spiritual home. I was always obsessed with Australians since I was like little and like arrived there on the plane. I remember I was like, this is it for me. I'm going to live there. <laughs> and called my mum, and my mum was like, no, please oh, don't go that's too far. <laughs> um, and yeah, when, when I was over there, I had really bad digestive problems. I was diagnosed with IBS and I was trying to figure out was causing it and that sort of led me to change my diet I went to see a naturopath and she helped me with like changing my diet I mean I was eating quite terribly quite a unnutrient a very deficient kind of diet of like rice cakes and a lot of alcohol (laughs) (laughs) weren't we all fucking (laughs) exactly so it probably wasn't the best for me let's say that but yeah just really started to learn more about nutrition and health and was eating in a cafe so much they gave me a job and worked there for a few years cooking and it was a very like creative space in terms of like it was very local produce they got in each week and it was kind of like whatever you want to make with this make it and we would make our own like kefir, so we'd be fermenting milk to make yoghurt. We'd be grating our own coconuts. We would make like raw cheesecakes with nuts, but also with like whey. And it was very sort of experimental and very back to basics. And it was really, really cool. It really opened my eyes. And I was always one of those people that was like, who am I going to be in life? And I would go up to them and be like, what do you think I'm good at? What job should I have? Yeah. And they'd be like, I don't really know. <laughs> But the minute I started cooking and working in food, I was like, this is it for me. And I had no idea. I wasn't like, I'm going to be a chef. Or I was just like, I want to do something in health and food. And a girlfriend of mine called Melissa Ambrosini. I don't know if I you know, know her. I know her. She's been on this podcast, actually. Is she? I love her. Oh, so yeah, we both worked in the cafe together. Oh, wow. Um, I know, like me, Melissa, Shona Virtue also. Like, we all know wow. each other. OK. Um, we all began from this one cafe she had started her blog it was called path to wellness at the time and she had done like the health coaching INN course so she got me on that and kind of helped me and really inspired me definitely to start up a blog and to see that that could potentially be a business I moved back to the UK because I needed the support of my family Mm -hmm. to start my newfound business and my family are from New Zealand originally but live in London so I grew up in London my whole life and yeah just kind of started doing like odd jobs from like cooking for family friends to um I started doing supper clubs quite early on which is how I met my boyfriend oh. I I'd tweet out being like I need to want to do a healthy supper club in London does anyone know of anyone they were like this guy he's got this restaurant you should meet him oh that's amazing. so yeah it was business turned pleasure yeah. so that was I think a really key part of my the beginning of my career was having these monthly supper clubs where you know this is London six, seven years ago. We're talking no fermented foods on the menu or kind of chia puddings or all these sorts of things we see in like everywhere nowadays. You know, it was really unusual. So it was really fun. I kind of brought 40 people together every month and I did it for about three years to share kind of my philosophy and food. I had people that came every month. So that's kind of where it all began. And I guess I'm still here, still still doing it, yeah. which is good. And I've written three cookbooks and worked with lots of brands and, yeah, doing lots of different things. Studying nutrition as well to become a nutritionist and had a baby as well. So that's that's a summary of the last six years.
1: Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and I'm, I must have followed you since, I don't know, maybe even six years ago. Really? I remember being aware of you. I oh. followed you for ages. And yeah, it's an amazing how you just create all that you created and all the ways that you're helping people. So, so good. Have you ever struggled with anything like, I don't know, anxiety or stress or anything like that? Has that been anything you've ever struggled with?
0: I think so. I would say anxiety for me has only been a recent thing. And I would say it's 100% correlated to the time spent on my phone yeah. and social media. And, you know, When I first started, Instagram was like this kind of fun thing. Like, it was not a business for me. Yeah, I put a few recipes up, but it was never like, this is a business platform and I'll take it very seriously. I was just like having fun and sharing things like cauliflower rice on it yeah but then as time's gone on and there's been more pressure to do well perform well post to do well spend more time you know liking and beating the algorithm or whatever Mm. I think it's definitely been something that makes me anxious I would say the thing that makes me anxious is not doing enough so for me it's like I can see someone they don't even necessarily have to be in the same industry with me is like putting more recipes out or putting more posts or working with different brands and I'm like oh my god I'm not I'm not good enough so that's my like weak chink is social media seeing other people's success and not feeling that my success is good and I remember speaking to a woman about this a woman let's call her my friend I love the way she's a woman she's a little (laughs) bit older than me but we'll we'll call her a wonderful friend and she was like it is crazy because to me you were so successful beyond your years of your age Mm. and like I would never imagine that you would think that way about yourself but that definitely for me is where my anxiety comes from is that kind of not doing enough within my workspace even though I do heaps (laughs) it's <laughs> so
1: interesting that you say that because that's something I hear all the time from people, this kind yeah. of not, not doing enough. Or I heard someone describe it as FOMOG, fear of missing goals.
0: <laughs> yes, Like,
1: FOMOG. if you don't work hard enough, <laughs> you're going to miss out on this goal. You're going to not reach your potential. Time's running out. This kind of way we can build, up, build this up mm. into something. And it's kind of like that thing of like models are the most insecure about the way they look. You know, successful people can still be you know, feeling like they're not doing enough or not achieving enough. And it's something that is almost universal amongst us then, I think. Yeah. I hear it so, so often. Do you have any tips on overcoming that? What have you done to try to, to overcome that?
0: Well, I think a lot of it is, for me, is awareness and acceptance. So I think it all stems back for me from growing up at school, not doing very well, like being very average, if not kind of below average at school, like never won prizes B team or quite down below so academically I was never that good and I used to always come home to my mum and be like oh I'm not very smart and I went to a private school and it was an amazing school but they are very like if you're good at something they love you and if you're not you are so forgotten Mm. and that is just the kind of way it works and I think because I found this identity of like doing well and you know, family, friends coming up to me and being like, you're so successful and you're doing so well. And I'm so, it was never something that very came naturally to me because I had, what, however long you're at school for, 14 years of never having that. Mm. So I think there's a little bit of like this sense of achievement past school and being like, oh my God, I am quite good at something and, you know, going for it. And I think so awareness of it and then setting healthy boundaries. So... Switching my phone off in the evenings and on weekends has been more of a recent thing for me, but something that has really helped so that I do have downtime where I'm like not working because the way that we work now and the way I have worked in the past is like from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m sometimes every day of the week and that's not healthy it's not consistently all those hours obviously there might be an odd yoga class thrown in there yeah but you know that's the reality of what's possible and I'm quite addictive to work like I I love what I do I could keep going and going Mm. and there's always something more to do so I think that it's for me it's switching my phone off on a on a Friday or at least deleting Instagram because for me, that's the main trigger. And then like uploading it again on Sunday evening or Monday morning or whatever. So just having that time away where I can just focus on my family, myself, my friends, rather than seeing someone else do something and that voice creeping in. So I think the less time I have that voice creeping in, the better for me.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think often it's if we get praised for something, it reinforces it. So you might get praised at work for having a really good work ethic or praised for the way you look. And then that's, that adds to that pressure that you've got to keep it going or you kind of create an identity around that. And then that drives, you know, overworking potentially or over worrying about things. So, yeah, having boundaries and just bring, being aware of that. I so it's a really good, really good idea. <laughs> Can we talk about IBS? Yeah. Because I've had... Times in my life when I've experienced that, Mm. and again, it's something that is very linked with anxiety, very linked with kind of the stress of modern life. Do you help people in your clinic with that? Or I know you've written the Happy Gut Guide as well, so I want to hear about that. But yeah, can you tell me a bit about what is IBS? for people
0: that maybe (laughs) don't know what we're talking about. So IBS is a syndrome. So it's different to a disease a disease is something you have and you can cure it whereas a syndrome is something that you often just live with and you have to manage so IBS it's a sort of umbrella bracket term but it's sort of symptoms involving discomfort of your digestive system and people experience in all different ways from lots of diarrhea to constipation to cramps to pain to belching all sorts of different ways of managing it but it is incredibly linked with stress so it's the catalyst that got me into what I'm doing and I'm forever grateful for it however anyone that has IBS knows how difficult it is to have because it could get triggered when you're feeling nervous before an event and that's not the time you want to no. go to the loo and no. But for me, kind of management has been from a mental side and also a food side. So this year, actually, we launched the Happy Gut Guide, which is a 12-week like, online programme. So I linked up with a woman called Laura Tilt, who I like, am obsessed with. She's an amazing dietitian who specialises in IBS and specifically the low FODMAP diet and has had years and years of clinical experience. And even though I know a lot about it, and I'm trained in it, and I understand it, I really wanted someone who had really done the work one-on-one for years and years with clients and seen how it works. So at the moment, if you have IBS, often you go to the doctor, you'll tell them your symptoms, and you get diagnosed. And you might get a leaflet, you might not. And you kind of go off into the world and jump on Google or you know, all these sorts of things, and it can be quite scary, and obviously everyone experiences it in different ways. So we were just basically wanted to create a platform for people who are struggling with IBS to come and to feel handheld through this program, which basically helps you figure out what causes your triggers, how to manage them, what is the best foods for you to eat, because you might get a flare up from raw onion, I might get a flare up from chickpeas. And you know, it's about understanding what your kind of foods are that might flare them up. And it might be no foods at all, it might be totally stress or kind of lifestyle related. And then, you know, figuring out what they are and then how to sort of live life afterwards because again and I know I'm repeating myself but it's a syndrome so you can't cure it you don't leave going I've cured my IBS mm. you hopefully will be symptom free but you've learned the tools to manage it and that is I think a lot of the problem that we have around gut health and IBS and things it's like buy this pill and you will full great or eat this fermented food and you will have great gut like that's not the way it works so i think ibs almost needs to have its own sort of spokesperson because Mm. it's very different to any sort of diseases or other sort of health related
1: things yeah yeah and i i've seen quite a few clients with ibs over the years because it's um hypnotherapy is sometimes recommended for ibs because of the link to stress and anxiety and the amount of kind of shame and mm. not being able to tell people about it because they're embarrassed. And, you know, I've heard people say they, they can't leave the house on certain days. It's horrible, horrible, you know, it causes stress in itself, you know, as well as being caused by stress. So it can be like a real cycle. And I think, yeah, just to have more people talking about it and offering support and solutions around that is so, so important. And because it's something like, isn't it like 20% of women have IBS. Absolutely. Which is like incredibly
0: high number of people. It is, and it's common in men as well. And as women, we're probably a little bit better at speaking about it. And we also created a private Facebook group, which is basically just talks about poo and parts all day long. And it's just <laughs> we made it private because yeah. we want people to feel really comfortable mm. to speak about what's going on for them. And it's really nice to read that someone else is going through something similar to you because then you don't feel alone and you might have some tips that really work for you that you can share with the others. So we wanted that kind of community aspect to be quite an important part of it.
1: Mm, yeah, I think knowing that you're not alone, that is the mm. key to so many things, anxiety, IBS, anything. It just, it takes the shame away from it. We're more able to get help. We don't beat ourselves up about how we're feeling if we know that it's this incredibly common thing. So Absolutely. That's really good, that's really good. When it comes to nutrition and staying calm, are there certain things that people should avoid or should eat or certain principles that can help with kind of anxiety from your nutritional perspective?
0: I would say probably, you know, calming your blood sugar levels would be the number one because we all know when we eat like All loads and loads of sugar, like, I always think of Halloween as, like, this massive kind of heart attack from sugar Mm. that, you know, it can affect our mood. So I'd say balance your blood sugar levels, like, throughout the day. So that's trying to have some protein and fat with each meal. So let's kind of talk through a typical day. So wake up for breakfast. If you're going to have porridge, try and add some nuts and seeds in there. Even, you know, protein powder porridge is really in or you'd like to have a smoothie in the morning so adding that protein powder to that or it's eggs with rye bread and spinach or something like that but having a bit of protein and fat in each meal will make a big difference especially breakfast because it's the thing that sets you up for the day and I know a lot of people skip it and they feel better but often it means that you'll then reach for that croissant or the coffee or the other sort of things that give you that little high and then you drop down and you feel like you need more coffee is another thing that we probably have to speak about yeah everyone metabolizes it differently and I think on the whole we've got this like you can have one or two cups a day if I drink one cup of coffee I am like jittering I'm yes. if I drink it at 7am I'm still just jittering till 8pm I don't metabolize coffee at all well so I just avoid it even though I love the taste of it it's really delicious but I just I'm like a really jittery if
1: I were to have a coffee it would ruin my day yeah I haven't had coffee (laughs) well caffeine in that level for about five years if I were to have one it would be a nightmare and that just is testament (laughs) to what a powerful drug it is yeah sorry to all the coffee lovers I know everyone's like don't take my coffee away from me
0: (laughs) But it is a powerful drug, I think. It is. And I do think people metabolise coffee differently. Like, you know, there's people who have espressos before dinner and things like that. But I think you can't rely on your energy from coffee. I think you shouldn't be like, I can only get through the day from coffee. No, it's a stimulant. Your energy should be coming from good food and good sleep. Like, that is really the most Mm. important thing. So... Really try and limit your coffee as much as possible. Keep it before 12 p.m. so it doesn't affect your sleep. And, you know, really try and cut it down as much as possible. I know it's delicious. So, (laughs) Um, again, for your lunch and dinner, doing that sort of protein and fats, trying to up your nutrient content. And the easiest way to do that is to pack vegetables in. So trying to get, like, two to three portions in each meal, And that's going to make a big difference because your body will feel nourished. You know, we can be overfed but undernourished very easily if we're not eating like diverse foods. And I think that when you eat vegetables, we all know it makes us feel better, more alive, more natural energy from that food.
1: Mm. Do you get like a vegetable box delivered? I imagine you might be the sort of person that does that. Or do you go to like a farm? How do you get your veggies? I do a
0: bit of both. So yeah, I do get like a Riverford vegetable box. However, because I cook for my job, I do then pop to, I've got a plant Organic really near me or Sainsbury's or whatever to grab bits and bobs for specific recipes. Mm -hmm. But I do think having vegetable box is fantastic. It gives you a vegetable target for the week you know, we don't want to waste food, so you've got X amount to get through, and often they'll mix it up, and that's really important, is that kind of diversity and variety for nutrients, because often we get in a bit of a vegetable rut of like getting tomato and lettuce or whatever, Mm. and just eating that as our only vegetable source, so it's really good to have the kind of abundance of different vegetables. And then again on food, I would say sugar is a real trigger for a lot of people's anxiety because it spikes our blood sugar levels it gives us kind of that sort of adrenaline tons of energy amazing if you're about to go on a run or something but if you're not burning it off in that way it can be very stimulating so if you are eating something sweet try and have a little bit of you know say it's a cake or whatever have some yogurt with it to add in that fat and protein just to kind of you know lower it and Mm -hmm. and not overindulge. and look I love sweet things last night I made crepes for dinner because I really (laughs) felt like it and I love crepes you know and that is not something I do all the time but it is really nice to eat kind of sugar and and not so healthy foods but I think it's about having them in moderation and knowing that they might have an effect on your sleep and your sort of overall mood as well.
1: I think that's just so good to be aware of because a lot of people in my experience aren't even aware that your food would make any difference to mm. your mental health or to your anxiety levels. But, you know, you only have to get that kind of low blood sugar feeling that can almost make you feel panicky to realise yeah. that it could affect that your you know, your blood sugar level could affect how you feel in terms of anxiety. So definitely recommend that people pay attention to this and, and <laughs> can... experiment with it. You know, see, oh, does it make a difference? Get curious about whether having those vegetables or having the protein and fat
0: with your carbohydrates could make a difference and 100% that. and I think we nutrition is such a tricky subject because everything contradicts everything and you know there's always some sort of new diet coming out or whatever that says that it will you know make you more beautiful than you ever were yeah. but I do think that it is really about listening to your body and I think we've lost that sort of ability to go I'm hungry, you know, we're eating for boredom or stress or all these sorts of things. So it's like tuning in, what foods feel right for you? What digests the best? How do you feel after them? And and really having that kind of communication and that relationship of what food does to your body and, and what works best for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about meditation, because I don't know if this is on your website ages ago, but it was something <laughs> yeah. like meditation doesn't take up time it gives you time yeah and that really stayed with me I was like this is so amazing and so true in my experience um yeah what do you think about meditation
0: Uh, uh, yeah I I really love that quote as well because it is the number one thing I think people say when they go oh I don't have time to meditate I'm Mm. a very busy person and I'm also a very busy person And again, you know, I don't do it perfectly or twice a day, every single day, but I definitely am much clearer headed and I don't kind of get distracted as easily. So I try and do my 20 minutes meditation in the morning. Once I've dropped Shea at nursery, that's kind of my routine. Actually, I drop in at nursery, I then exercise, I shower and then I do my meditation. That's my kind of thing. So I do 30 minutes. I'll just... I've now not going to the gym. I just put something on my on YouTube or something. It's much more efficient. Mm, um, cool. and what kind of exercise? Is that so I really like doing Shona Virtue workouts. She's very cool. Lots, yeah. She does a lot of booty like yes. building. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like having a nice bum. She's amazing. She says, "Put, the, put your mind in the muscle."
1: Yeah, I always think does. about that when I'm working. Mind in your muscle. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's helpful.
0: So yeah, back to meditation. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, giving myself those 20 minutes, which sounds quite luxurious, I'm definitely much more efficient, like more clear-headed, less tired because it's incredibly restful. It's like having like a two, three-hour nap meditating. I don't know what it is. It makes me more laser-focused and I just feel like I do achieve more on days that I meditate than on days that I don't. Mm. I've definitely noticed that about myself And I think it's difficult to get your head around it. And it does sound like a lot of time. And you don't have to do 20 minutes at the beginning. You know, that's only if you do the Vedic or the Transcendental Meditation training. Um, Even if you're just trying out like an app or something like that, it might only be 10 minutes. But I think if you want to be efficient at work, meditate. And I don't feel like any book that is written by someone who is a leader or, you know, smashing it in their workplace doesn't meditate. I feel like anyone you speak to who is successful in life meditates. Like, it just seems to be like the sort of thing that everyone does because they've learned this amazing tool that makes them better at life. And that really is the kind of purpose of meditation, is to be more present, less stressed, more focused. So, yeah, I love it. I really, really enjoy doing it I don't sort of struggle to it there are times when it it is a struggle but on the whole I do really enjoy it
1: I love that okay so everyone remember it doesn't take time it gives you time do you listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast you I
0: don't actually but I do really like his philosophy yeah
1: because he interviews like billionaires mm. like athletes like all the like highest performers and he said 80% of them meditate and say that that is a really important part of what helps them to be successful so even more confirmation that we should be <laughs> meditating <laughs> um I am wondering about your self-care routine can you tell us a bit about that so you do exercise and
0: meditation and the other things that you do to to stay calm or to look after yourself Yeah I would say kind of that morning routine for me is my dream and it doesn't always happen every day because she only goes to nursery on three days and it is a lot harder to do that whole shebang with a one-year-old because you know they're quite needy and they want your attention and they're not that interested in staying in the house that long. No. So it doesn't always work every single day but on the days I can I will do that but other things for me like I would say the things that light me up. And I, I worked this through with a life coach. I did some work with a life coach maybe four or five months ago, oh, cool. which really helped me. And we got like clear on like, what are the things that really make me happy and like light me up and look after me and stuff? Because I think a lot of people just go, oh, bath or this or this. Okay, so their meditation, nature is really important to me. So every day just walking through the park or, you know, if I'm lucky, going a little bit further out to slightly more countryside. When I'm in nature, I just feel better. I feel happier. I like the freedom of just, like, walking wherever you want to do. Freedom is a big word for me. So, like, I like the freedom of my job. I like the freedom of walking aimlessly. And another thing that's self-care for me is, like, having time of doing whatever I want, which sounds kind of strange and sort of like quite teenagerish, but like <laughs> mapping out an afternoon where it's like, if I want to go to Notting Hill and walk the streets, I'll do it. But there's no like appointment in my diary or like to-do list or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can do this with my family on the weekends as well. But just that sort of freedom of doing whatever I want feeds me really well. And what else do I do for self-care I think, yeah, kind of we've spoken about before, but presence and family time and quality time as well. Mm. I did, um, you know, the Languages of Love book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Five Languages of Love, which I really recommend as a book. And it kind of teaches you what love means to you and how you receive love. And one of them is like quality time for me. Mm. So I really like make sure that that's like built in with the people that I really care about as well. And you know, baths and yoga and all these sorts of things also make me feel good. But I would say those are like the things that really get into my soul.
1: Mm, amazing. And just to say a bit more about the the five love languages, there's a quiz you can do. Did you do the quiz online? First? So yeah, you can yeah. do the quiz
0: online before you buy the book. Yeah, you can to find, and you can find out quite a lot from the quiz to be
1: honest. Mm. So yeah, you can if you just Google the five love languages, and then you can get your partner to do it, your friends, and you can find out all this information about. <laughs> How you can show them love. So my boyfriend really likes words of
0: affirmation. So I have to tell him. You're so nice. You're doing so well. So yeah, my Um, boyfriend's gifts. So I'm like constantly... I know, it's like the most shallow one, isn't it? That's a a tricky one though. because (laughs) I'm always like buying something online for
1: him. But at least you know that. At least you know that because he might not... He might not have even known that
0: or not able to ask that necessarily. I totally agree. I wouldn't have even picked it. When we did our Mm. test and we got results, I genuinely... I mean, I knew he liked presents, but I didn't realise, because mine was so low on gifts, I have Mm. no interest in gifts. It doesn't mean anything to me, really. I mean, I do love a gift every now and then, but it's just not something of importance to me, whereas it was really strong for him. So, yeah. yeah. I suppose I don't actually think it is shallow because it's about <laughs> the thoughtfulness of like of choosing
1: something for 100%. someone. hundred percent. Yeah, and, that's like,
0: really harsh. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My sister's the same. I hope she won't mind saying this, but yeah, because we we always like laugh about how
0: she loves, but she just loves gifts. She does, She just loves it. Yeah, you know what, and it and it is so nice buying a gift. And you know what, I way prefer buying someone else a gift. I get way yeah. more pleasure buying someone. So it's fantastic that I've got a boyfriend that likes gifts.
1: Mm, amazing. And I love that you spent some time really thinking about what are the things that light you up because mm. it's really just easy to not do that and just to go through your life not prioritizing doing nice things to yourself or not even giving yourself the time to think, oh, what do I really love to do? Mm. And yeah, just suggesting that everyone does that, you know, write down what are 10 things that light you up and just, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't need to be the classic thing of like a bath or, or even nature. Maybe you, you know, love walking around museums or something whatever it is just identifying it and then building that more into your life I love that idea
0: well I think we're sort of used to someone else telling us what we like you know we read the five tips to self-care or whatever and they are all lovely and they're all very helpful but actually do they care for you isn't it it's like Mm. that inner connection of like what I like we almost have lost because we're being told so many different things at all times of the day.
1: That's really interesting, yeah. Or just overwhelmed by all the possibilities yeah. or the, <laughs> the things that you could do. I could do anything in London on a Saturday, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stay at home. Mm. So yeah, I love that. I wanted to ask you about how your life has changed as a mum. Okay. And how, like, I think this is a common question that mums get asked, like, how do you fit it in? Because I'm, I'm mm. thinking about having children in a, I don't know, a couple of years at some point. And when I think about it, I think, how the hell am I going to find all that time to raise another human being? Have you been surprised by it? How have you you coped
0: and managed it? I feel like it's going to really annoy people hearing this, but I find it really not bad at all. I find it quite easy. Oh my gosh, this is so good because we always hear the bad (laughs) things. I'm so glad Um, you said that. (laughs) I think you are capable of so much more than you ever think that you can and you know you look back when you're like a school student or a teenager and you think all my day was literally just like going to school and that was it like all my food was made for me if you were lucky enough to have parents that did that for you but you know and then as you get older you take a little bit more and a little bit more on you've then got to cook for yourself and that comes into your routine and it goes on and on so I, I think it's a process of life kind of taking on new challenges and I think you're capable of more and then I guess you just have to sacrifice a few things maybe it's more like social engagements you might not be able to go to as many of them um you know maybe you have to work a little bit less or maybe you know I think mums on the whole are incredibly efficient because they've got less time you know yeah No kind of flicking through Facebook. Get what's needed done and do it quickly so you can get back home to your kids, you know. Mm. So how have things changed for me? So I would say I have a new, a much more appreciation for my family, um, my mum and my dad. I think they're amazing. Not that I didn't think they were amazing before, but, you know, you just go, wow, you did all these things for me and more. So a massive appreciation for them. I think from a work perspective, I've not felt as connected with the industry that I have always been in the wellness industry and have felt maybe more that it's not as possible for people to do you know the sort of elaborate morning routines even though I just said I have one but or you know always being able to go to spin classes or these sorts of things aren't always possible for everyone so I don't know reframing that conversation around really simple wellness tips whether it's exercising at home on YouTube you know or different ways of self-care that you can do around having a family so I guess this is why I started my podcast Get Your Glow Back was to have that conversation Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been welcomed into this new club you know this parents club that you never knew was there and you connect with people even though you have nothing in common, but you have something in common, which is that you're parents. My brother's also had a little girl recently, and I think that I am much closer to him now. We're very different people, but I feel like our relationship will get better and better because we're kind of connected in this special way. So, yeah, I guess lots of different ways that it's changed me. I think I'm probably more, more patient. I have feel like I have more purpose and definitely feel more connected to my boyfriend in this kind of family unit of raising our son together which is really nice
1: i've loved hearing that (laughs) i I think there is a lot of talk i mean i hear from people a lot that they don't want to have kids because they've heard so many bad things about Mm -hmm. it like you get told like horror stories or like about you hear know, about the sleep and the birth and yeah. actually it's so good just to remember the good things the really good things that the reason that people have children in the first place and yeah that, you know it doesn't have to mean that you I don't know give up on your your whole life you know that kids fit in around you I like that idea
0: a hundred percent and mm-hmm. yeah you've got to you've got to adapt to different challenges along the way and yes the beginning bit is hard with the the lack of sleep mm. but it's it's very short, you know, is a short period of time. And I think, yeah, just get support from around you. And, and I think you have to be OK about letting things go from the past. You know, don't try and cling on to the person you were before you had children. Mm-hmm. Like, just embrace the person that you are now and all the things that you can do. I think that that's definitely something that's helped me.
1: Yeah, fascinating. Is there something from the podcast guests that you've had that you think is a really good tip that you want to share with people who've got kids? Oh
0: god, I feel like everyone on there has given different words of wisdom from what to eat to how to sleep as a parent to, um, you know, coping with anxiety. So I don't know. I don't know if there's one particular thing. I guess the underlying theme of the podcast is to look after yourself because I think, as mothers and fathers, of course, you give, give, give. You know, you give everything that you have to this little human, if not more. And it's kind of bringing that back to like time for you. So I'd say that's the overall Mm. theme of it.
1: Amazing, amazing. What are you working on at the moment?
0: do you know what nothing like massive which is really unusual for me mm. I think I'm having this I think I'm evolving as a person which is really good because I say a year or so ago I wouldn't have coped with the lack of achievements that I probably have at the moment so things. I mean I've got a lot on I'm working on my podcast which is fantastic I'm wanting to create like a little Toddler meal plan ebook for mums who need inspiration on kind of what to feed their kids, because there, I mean, there are obviously great recipe books out there, but they're not very modern in the way that we cook now. You know, we eat Indian one night and Chinese food the next and Mexican, whereas we kind of give our kids like pasta or like baked potato or something, mm-hmm. which is fine and, and kids love it. But I think. It's maybe getting a little bit more modern with our kids' foods and, and making it work for the family as well. So those are probably my two projects. And then working with brands on different kind of collaborations, which is really fun. But, yeah, nothing kind of huge, which is re- I'm really enjoying. I think since becoming a mum, and, and maybe just over the last years, I'm not sure if it's even related to being a, a mum or not, but I... I don't know I haven't had this massive message that I used to have so when I began my blog I was like why are we not talking about kind of food in this positive healthy way we're always talking about diets and deprivation and now you know you can buy spiralized courgette from Tesco's you know (laughs) not that I'm saying I did that but with a collective of other other people in a similar space the way we eat has changed hugely and for the better, I hope, although I'm sure there's heaps more to do. So I don't know. I feel like I don't know what my my voice is at the moment. And I'm OK with that. I'm not freaking out, but I don't have that same, like, I am here to talk about this and you must hear me, which I 100% had and it fueled me through the first five years of my career. And now I'm like, I'm here and I've got a few things to offer you, but I don't have that same... Inner calling and spark that I used to have, which I battled with a lot at the end of last year, and now I'm much more accepting of it. And I know I will find my mojo Mm. again, like Austin Powers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe it's nice to
1: kind of have something come from a place of not having to like push and strive and stress and like the pressure that we put on ourselves, and always needing to have like a big project because like. I'm sure you've had this with writing a book. Like you write a book and you also have your other job like that you're still doing full time. So it's like this big project also, like all your extra, all the same work. So it's not like necessarily that fun to do, be doing that all the time in kind of constant cycles of having like big projects. And maybe it's nicer to like take a step back, recalibrate, decide what, you know.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I'm being like kind of, appreciative of all that I've done because I think I did three books in three years and you don't really like you don't step back because the second your book gets published you do your book tour and then you're like they're like okay wait what's your next book and then you've got to do it all over again and I think whether you've written a book or not you know actually going oh yeah I've done this that's really cool and like oh yeah I, I did that and that's really cool and I think otherwise you just constantly writing books until you die (laughs) (laughs) gosh yeah we really need to just
1: take stock
0: recognize how far
1: we've come yeah slow down a bit that's a good message for us all yes thank you so much for talking to me i've loved this conversation where can people find out about you where do you hang out the most i
0: would probably say instagram is where i'm hanging out the most, which is just madeline underscore short underscore so many Madeline Shaw's out there when i joined um and then also my podcast which is called get your glow back
1: brilliant thank you so much thank you so thank you so much for listening to this episode i would love to hear what you thought of it come on over to instagram and find me at chloe brotheridge and let me know and i'll be so grateful if you have enjoyed this episode if you left a review in itunes and make sure you subscribe and give it a rating It helps so much to spread the word about this podcast. And I've had so many amazing messages from people saying how this podcast feels like therapy, how much it's helping, how you listen to it on your way to work, and it helps you to have a better day. And I'd love just to spread the word about it and help more people to access this free resource. So please do help me spread the word. So I hope you have a great week. I'm sending you loads of love and hopefully you'll tune in again soon.